Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Rage. Presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown! Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Right on the price. Right on the corner of the Santan 202 Freeway in Val Vista. SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. All right, Bird Gang, here we go. We we see you. Let's hear from you out there. Come on now, right? I mean, Wolf, what all the coaches say in the game, we do this together. That's right, Polly. We do it together right now. What's up, Red Sea? I say we're here to restore the roar on the big red rage how about that restore the roar Polly. Yeah. is that yeah. what you're going with that's right let there be a live audience here at trophy and chandler located on queen creek road between price and dobson we are back we are back in front of the live crowd we are here with a big time guest in fact no further ado here on the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert paul calvis here ron wolfley there wolf you're familiar with this whole farm-to-table concept, right? Yes, I am, Polly. I know you're lying right now, but just go with me. You don't have any food, do you, Paul? So the whole f- we're thinking this is the football version of farm-to-table. <laughs> Follow me here, okay? From the Niners' end zone twice to this stage and on the Valley Airways, please help us welcome the rookie sensation, Michael Wilson. Michael, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Um, nice to meet everyone here. Good to see the turnout. Uh, appreciate you guys coming out, but I'm, I feel great. You know, Wolf likes to portray himself as busy during the football season, okay? Multiple duties. <laughs> Nobody has had a crazier week than you, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, it's been, it's, uh, it's been pretty wild, honestly. <laughs> I've had so many people reach out um, and just congratulate me on the two touchdowns and finally having sort of a breakout game, if you will. Um, but I think it would have been more had we won. But uh, I think it's any time you can score a touchdown, especially your first career touchdown, uh, is special. And, and people that know my journey and know my story and, and have been riding with me for a long time, they, they know how much it meant to me to be able to, you know, touch the end zone. So I, I got a lot of overwhelming support and, and reach out from a lot of people special to me so michael t- talk to us a little bit in regard to this season and how this is going for you this nfl mm-hmm. rookie season thing yeah t- talk to me about this season and how you're feeling about yourself i feel i feel really really good i feel like we're in a really good spot um obviously the record doesn't indicate that we're really happy with what we put right. forth so far because it is a production-based business um but it is a new staff. It's a completely different new team from last year. And I love the direction that the team is going in from the top down. And I've said this in a lot of interviews that I've done since I've been here is JG, Monty, the front office, and the coaching staff have done an exceptional job of creating a communication line where everyone's in line in terms of the team is first and you are second. 
And I think you guys can see that out on the field and how guys play. We're playing for each other. We're playing for the organization. We're playing for our brother to, to the left and our right. Um, and it's not about me scoring two touchdowns or me getting X amount of touches or Hollywood Brown getting X amount of touches. It's about doing the dirty work, making the blocks for James to spring him, um, quarterback making the right read and the open read, not just trying to force feed guys just because they want the ball. Um, and so I think we're in a really good spot. And I think if we can continue to put one, for, one foot in front of the other, you know, those win columns will start to turn in our favor. I mean, this was a team, the Cardinals, that got down 21-3 at the 49ers, mm -hmm. arguably the best team in the league. You came back to make it 21-16, mm -hmm. early fourth quarter. The two losses before that were by a combined seven points. We know that, Wolf. So here's the head coach, Jonathan Gannon, just talking about the process. And then ultimately, obviously, you want the dub. I like the process that we're operating with. And um, I like their attitude. But we know what we need to do to win this next week, you know, and that's got to show up in practice and in the game because they're itching right now. You're one in three. You know what I mean? So but uh, that's in the past. You learn from it. Jonathan Gannon right there. Wolf and I host his TV show every week mm -hmm. and we were talking the other day about there's a common denominator, a common thread between all the players on this roster. You better be serious about the game of football. Right. Or you're not playing for J.G. and Monty Austin Ford. Would you agree with that? 100%. And kind of what I'm about to answer and is kind of alluded to what I previously stated about there being a un like the front office is in complete unison about what type of guys they want to bring in. They want to bring in guys who are high character guys on and off the field who really love the game of football and are going to do whatever it takes um, to make sure they're maximizing themselves and operating at a high level in all aspects of life and I think like just from being in the league um, I came from Stanford so I was around a lot of guys who operated at a high level just because to get into that school you have to do that Stanford. Uh, <laughs> but um, the the intent that the guys in our locker room have is at a whole another level than what I experienced in college I mean hmm. um, even guys who have been in the league for eight nine ten years doing the same meetings, the same installs, they still have a notebook out and are taking notes. Hmm. So everyone's doing a lot of things. JG talks about maximizing your potential, maximizing yourself. And I think our team has done a really good job since I got here of doing that. So, Michael, do you know that Paul went to Cal, of course, Cal Berkeley? Did you know See, that? Of I course. We, and Stanford. we wouldn't have brought that up until two years ago when we finally beat you after about 12 years. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, finally, once again, we can mention that. Anyway, Wolf, go I ahead. I just thought Move I'd bring along. that up right there. I'll focus a little bit on the process. Mm -hmm. You heard him talking about the process. What yeah. does he mean by the process? Yeah, so I think a lot of times – in life and you can apply this it doesn't have to just be football um is you set goals and obviously that's the end goal is to accomplish what you set out to do um but really the day-to-day -day or the process that he talks about is more important than the final result because if you don't take care of the process of getting into the building starting your day with a lift eating the right things every single day um taking notes in the meeting room getting out to practice, operating at a high level at practice, recovering, like every single thing, every decision that you make and all those little decisions affects that outcome or can affect yep. that outcome. And so when he says focus on the process, it's those little decisions that you make every day to help try to maximize yourself or 
doing the right things to help yield the result that you want, put you in the best position so that you can go out on Sunday and perform at your best. So the Cardinals beat the Dallas Cowboys, and the head coach, Jonathan Gannon, shared with us that they started the Monday meeting. Gannon, he started with a mistake he made. He held himself accountable in front of the team. Mm-hmm. And that did Very that cool. with both the coordinators as well. What does that say to the team when the head coach is willing to hold himself accountable? Yeah, I think that, one, that shows great leadership. Um, and I was fortunate enough to take a bunch of different classes on, at Stanford of leadership and was a, actually a captain at Stanford. The, one of the biggest things that shows what a true leader is is the ability to take accountability for your own actions or when you make mistakes. And so when you have a head coach that's able to say, hey, you know what, that's my bad. Maybe he didn't make um, a right call or he said he made some wrong decisions in the game. Like that shows emotional maturity and it shows true leadership because he's confident in himself and is able to admit when he messes up. And I think and also put that on, put that forth on the coordinators, too. Like they're the ones that are operating the whole thing and driving the ship. And so when you get that type of disrespect as a man, um, it makes me respect him even more, too, because. That shows respect for us as well, that he's not just pointing the finger at us and saying, well, we need you guys to do X, Y, and Z. He says, hey, that's my bad. I could have put you guys in a better position to win the game, and it's going to get changed from here on out. So I, I love that. You know what's amazing about that? My old coach used to say that culture was the factory. Culture was the factory, mm-hmm. and process was the product. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you had this, you had the factory culture. This is who we are. This is what we're going to do. And now process was put that culture into action. Yeah. Go do it mm-hmm. and not just talk about it. Right. Um, very cool to think about that. And, J.G., this, this is a very physical team. Mm-hmm. When I listen to J.G. talk, when I listen to Monty Ostenford talk about the game of football, it's like a warm blanket on a cold winter's night Yeah, because it, it is hard. It's the harsh reality that it's a physical game. It's a, it's a very violent game, as a matter of fact, in between those white lines, and it's very physical. And you know what? There's a little bit of danger in it as well. For and sure. you better go out. It's it's a dangerous game played by dangerous people. For That's sure. what my old coach used to say all the time. Do you enjoy that? I do. I think you, you have to enjoy that to be you do. To play at this level. Yes. You have to be able to be comfortable with stress, be able to be comfortable with playing through pain, be able to be comfortable with getting, you know, the crap knocked out of you and getting <laughs> up and doing it again and coming back. And so – I think that's one of the best parts about the game is just I just love to compete and I love to be physical with people and and just see, you know, just the test of will against other people. My my old coach used to say, there's two things you got to do, two things. You got to give damage and you got to take damage. That's what he used to say. That's why I love the game. It really is. It's very cool. You guys have one thing in common. I mean, Wolf played 10 years in the NFL as a fullback, right? Went to four Pro Bowls, and you got your early reps as a blocker in the run game, right? So we'll talk about all that when we come back. Rookie Michael Wilson, our very special guest here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, and we're coming at you live from Trophy in Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson. A single game tickets on sale now. Go to azcardinals.com slash buy tickets to secure your seats today. azcardinals.com slash buy tickets. By the way, uh, Joe Burrow called it a must-win game to the Cincinnati media. 
Oh, there's some extra intrigue. We come back on the Big Red Rage with Michael Wilson. Snap to Dobbs. Drops straight back to throw. Looks left. Throws into the end zone. Got a receiver. A sliding catch by Wilson. He's in for the touchdown. Michael Wilson with his first career NFL touchdown. Played at Stanford just down the road. And he comes up big here late in the first half. Shotgun formation for Dobbs. Snap to Dobbs. Drops back to pass. Looks over the middle. Throws. It is caught. Wilson. And he is into the end zone for his second touchdown. A 99 and a half yard drive by the Cardinals against one of the top defenses in the NFL. What a great throw by Josh Dobbs. Threw that ball into a tight window right across the middle. Wolf, would you call a statement drive 99 and a half yards against one of the NFL's top defenses in their stadium? That was the high point offensively, I think, for this season, Paul. I mean, that was, and you know what I loved about that that touchdown when I saw the replay is that ball would still be spinning like a top if it wasn't for Zach Pascal who scooped it up on your behalf. Michael Wilson is our guest, the guy in the business end of those two touchdowns at the game at the 49ers. You had seven catches for 76 yards, the two touchdowns, but first to comment on the spin. I mean, boom, you got some serious <laughs> rotation on that. I took a shot on that play, so honestly, I don't even know what was going on i was in pain getting up um and i just i guess i used my my anger from the guy that hit me and just put all of it into the ball <laughs> so take us through that play if you don't mind michael like what was your assignment on that play yeah so so the front side of the play was we're in empty um and hollywood brown was the number two receiver uh into the short side of the field he was running an out route um and the guy outside of him was running a, a go. And so mm -hmm. he's the number one prior or number one read in that progression, but they were in quarters. But the, Quarter coverage, four deep, three hundred. Exactly. Um, but they've 29, who's a pretty good safety, Pro Bowl safety, Hufunga, he understood that um, and knew that Hollywood was our go-to guy in that scenario. So he kind of cut down on the, on the out route that Hollywood was running. Okay. So that's why Josh got off that quickly and came backside to me. I had a, a basically a shallow. Um, and essentially it turns into a match where the linebacker is matched up on me. And all I had to do was outrun him. And it was going to be a, basically a two ball on me. I just got to make the catch, protect my body, and get in the end zone. And that's exactly how it played out. Do you subscribe to the theory that, you know what, I'm going to get hit anyway. I might as well catch the ball? 100%. 100%. I knew I was going to take a shot. <laughs> that's why I started to kind of spin a little bit as the ball was getting uh, to me to protect my body, but Josh did a great job of putting the ball on me and not leading me into the hit. Um, so he put the ball on me quick, and I was able to just kind of body catch it and spin into the end zone. I love asking questions of rookies in regard to college and pro and contrasting, comparing and contrasting mm -hmm. the two, especially mm -hmm. at different positions. Right. Wide receiver and then offensive line and yeah. maybe even a fullback, just a little bit different, linebacker. Different perspectives. Mm -hmm. From your perspective as a wide receiver, yeah. what, what are the differences between the college game and the pro game as you see it? Yeah, so I think I can kind of dissect and answer that question from two sides. <laughs> One is obviously the scheme that we have. I think everything in the, in the NFL, like the timing matters so much more because guys are so much better, right? So everything in our route scheme is off of footwork. Okay. Something that I was never introduced to before I got um, to the Cardinals and how we operate. So 
for people that understand the game, like if I'm running a 15-yard curl, like in high school and college, okay, I'd run to about 15 yards, I'd stop, and I'd come straight back down to the quarterback. In the NFL, we have something built in called revolutions or rotations. So if we say run a 15-yard curl, we're going off our the fifth time that your outside foot hits the ground. That's when you start to decelerate and, and run the curl route, right? Everything is built in like if we're running an out route, it's off your third inside step. In college, it was just run at 10 yards. And so at, when I get about 10 yards, then I put my foot in the ground and run, a, run an out route. Right, everything has with seams and bursts. Like, just the route nuance matters so much more, and the details matter yes. so much more because the timing uh, matters so much in the NFL. Like, you damn near every catch is a contested catch, or and if it's not, you have guys draped up on the back of you. So that's why it's important to master the rotation and revolution system within our scheme. Um, and then the other side of it is the difference between college and the NFL is. Just guys are better and guys play harder. I think that's really the big difference is, in a, especially playing in the Pac-12, you might have on a given Saturday maybe five five to six guys, and and that's pushing it sometimes, that are can actually play in the NFL, yeah. that have NFL talent. Right. Like in the league, now it's I'm playing against a real dude or a real grown man every single week. That's right. So you have to, be at, you have to operate at, your, at the highest level day in and day out because – there's no room to have bad days or consistent bad days. Like, you have to operate at, at such a high level because everyone else is doing that. And guys are too talented, right? I'm not a guy that runs a 4-3 or a 4-2 and has a 45-inch vertical. So my edge is I have to be perfect with running routes, with catching the football, with um, how I show up every day and how I articulate myself. And that, that's what gives me the edge because I can't just fall back and rely on just straight athleticism because that's that's not my game it never has been so you just have to kind of find what you're you're blessed with and really capitalize that and use that to the best of your ability so that you can't stick and last in the league see you're more brain and paulie went to cal once again <laughs> just you know, stop more about the athleticism stop. Stop. and my hashtag is no math but you're right you go from the one percent of football players in college to the point one percent mm-hmm. you're competing against now in the nfl and one of the best to do it ever Larry Fitzgerald, Wolf, I don't know if you saw this. Darren Urban did a bit, nice, great profile. Michael Wilson, azcardinals.com. Here's the quote from Fitz on what he's seen through four games. Quote, he's shown toughness catching balls, has precision route running as a young player, which is impressive. You can tell Dobbs trusts him, which is the ultimate, right? you got to get the trust of your quarterback. In fact, on the Dave Pash podcast this week, here's Josh Dobbs talking to Dave about Michael Wilson. The relationship's been awesome. Like, he's been a guy since the day I got here. I think it was probably the first guy that came up and introduced himself in the lunchroom right when I walked in. But he's always, you know, picking my brain from a QB perspective of, hey, like, what can I do better? Or, hey, let's get an extra rep on this. And then from there, you know, he's just so locked into the game plan and always, you know, doing the right things exactly where he needs to be. Obviously, he's a great dude off the field. Here's the stat that says it all. When Josh Dobbs has targeted the rookie Michael Wilson, they're 14 of 16 for 237, two touchdowns, no picks, and a perfect passer rating. Pretty good. Of 158.3. And here's my question. We've seen it all. What's the upside? Because we've seen Josh Dobbs just get better. Mm-hmm. Like, he had never started three games in a row, never started four games in a row. He still only started six games in his seven-year career. I'm just curious how much potential is left. I think a lot. I think you can never put a ceiling on a guy 
that operates like he does. And I, and I kind of stole that saying from Jim Nagy, who said that about Jalen Hurts coming out. Um, I've been able to build a sort of a relationship with Jim Nagy, who's the director of the Senior Bowl. Um, and I, he put out a tweet, or he said something, and I could, I'm paraphrasing, but a lot of the NFL wasn't super high on Jalen Hurts, but he differed on that opinion because he said you can never put a ceiling or a cap on a guy who's got an exceptional personality and is willing to do whatever it takes to maximize himself. Mm. And I think Josh parallels. I'm not saying he's Jalen Hurts. Or I'm not. They're completely different. But in terms of his approach to the game, mm-hmm. like he does every, literally everything right. And I said if you gave him 100 things to do to get work on and get better, like he's going to take advantage of all 100 and try and look for more. And so I think when you're dealing with someone like that who loves the game and wants to be great and does whatever it takes and puts in the work and goes about things the right way, like it's no yeah. surprise to me that he has success and is going to continue to have success. I mean, he was an SEC quarterback, an all-timer, and he got an aerospace engineering degree yeah. at the same time. <laughs> exactly. He does, does internships in, at NASA in the offseason. And here's what Josh Dobbs told Dave about just the first time he kind of realized who you were as a player, he was watching film. It's been tremendous seeing his growth, like watching some of the camp film and just watching him was like, who's this dude? And like, oh, that's that's the rookie. And I was like, wow, he looks like a second, third year player already. Yeah. And so he'll continue to grow and improve, man. But he's been awesome. And so I'm excited for him and his career. How essential is that to earn the trust of your quarterback? I mean, as a receiver, mm-hmm. that's where it all starts, I would imagine. I think trust. Yeah, trust is everything. And to hear him say that um, makes my day, truthfully, because that was when I first got drafted by the Cardinals and I did an interview, like my introduction interview, all the rookies did it. Like that was my pretty much my main and only goal was to come in. Like I didn't set I want to have X amount of yards and X amount of catches and this many touchdowns and I want to be a starting receiver and I want to accomplish all these things. Like my singular focus was to earn the trust of my teammates, coaches, the front office, everyone in the organization. Um, because without trust, you have nothing in any walk of life, whether yep. that's a relationship, whether that's daily work, business, friendships. Trust is everything, and everything builds off of trust. And so for him to say that, that means a lot. But I think, I, I think I've taken advantage of the opportunities I've had with him by um, staying with him after practice and working on certain routes. If we, did, if we missed on a, a route in practice or a play in practice, asking him about his footwork so I know how much time I have at the line of scrimmage on a particular release or a route. So just being a sponge and acting like a rookie and probably asking him too many questions, even if I right. sound, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just picking his brain a lot. But, uh, yeah, we've built a great chemistry, and I I love playing with Josh. I, I, I absolutely love playing with him. Michael, how, how many routes do you run that are read routes? That are read routes? Yes. Where you're actually Uh, reading coverage while you're running it. Yeah, in a game plan. um, So if I run 30 routes, say that, give or take 30 routes in a game, maybe five to eight of them will be read routes. Read routes. Will be read routes. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's very, very interesting. Do you like that? Do you like the read routes? I do because I think if you prepare the right way and have a fast-thinking brain, you technically can't be wrong if you have a read route but it's a lot of responsibility it is a for lot you of re- because you've got to read what the quarterback is reading as well 100 so for example um there was a play on third down 
that I think it was third and seven. I caught an out route from Josh yeah. um, in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think it was on our second to last drive. So that was a read route. It was called Z Choice. And so in practice, we actually ran, called that play twice in practice and missed both times because uh, I was coming off the ball too slow and not making a decision quick enough that matched up with Josh's footwork. And so when I talk about meeting with him after practice and repping that after practice, like we ironed out all those wrinkles mm. um, and it worked in the game, right? Like I broke, I took too much time in practice. He got off me and came back later and was like, hey, man, I need you to, to be a little quicker because I like my footwork. I'm waiting on my back foot too long. If, if you're taking that long, I'm just going to move off. And so in the, in the game, it just worked out perfectly. Really Very cool. Conferred on that, on that third down. By the way, were you aware of how fast your quarterback is? I've had about a half dozen guys say they had no idea how fast Josh Dobbs was because he didn't run in practice. And then when they saw him take off in the game, they're like, no, 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 don't run, don't leave them. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, he can think, really run. I think, honestly, he might be faster than one of our fastest receivers, Rondell Moore, because – and we've been giving crap to Rondell because on Rondell's 50-yard touchdown against the Cowboys, yeah. he ran 19.4 miles per hour. And then on Josh Dobbs' uh, it was a 44-yard 44 run, yard run yep. he ran 19.8. So he actually ran faster than one of our fastest receivers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's good stuff. That's, uh, by the way, um, how does it feel to be a Stanford guy and not be the smartest guy in the room, Michael? You know, because, you know, Astro Dobbs, that's his nickname, the pastronaut. You know, you and Zach Ertz and Drew Terrell, your receivers coach. I mean, even Rondell Moore got his degree in two and a half years, Purdue Engineering. I'm sorry. You know, Josh Dobbs is the big brain guy. I hope you guys can handle that, that ego blow. You guys are good with that, right? Yeah, I'm good with that. Good I'm that. good with okay. that. All right, just want to make sure. By the way, speaking of, Episode 65 of the Dave Pash Podcast featuring Cardinals quarterback Josh Dobbs. Some great stuff. Talking about going into space. It's available now via your preferred podcast provider. Get all the latest updates via Twitter at PashPod. Once again, it is the Big Red Rage. We are live from Trophy and Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson. The rookie Michael Wilson is our guest. We'll get into the draft and the senior bowl. How critical that was. The Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Post corner, Hootsmanzada. Hush, Hushmanzada. <laughs> I, 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 I butchered that one, too. I don't care. I, I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm going to butcher it. Hushmanzada. Rhymes with push. Hoots. Push. Push. Hush. Just <laughs> say TJ. Baby. Just say TJ. I'll, I'll say Hushmanzada. Hootsmanzada. Hushmanzada. Oh, man. That was off air, Wolf. Uh, you got to keep your head on a swivel with executive producer Jim Almohundro. He's rolling on everything, and it'll come back to haunt you. Even from 2007 at Cincinnati, when during the commercial break you were trying to perfect the pronunciation, um, Michael Wilson should know uh, because TJ Hushmanzada, yes, was your mentor for how m- many years, right? Three, three, four years now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Our special guest, the third-round rookie, Michael Wilson. All right. We're live from Trophy and Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson. And TJ Hushmanzada, for those not familiar, Oregon State, seventh-round pick, played 11 years, went to a Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about the making the most out of a career. Yeah. Who cares where you're drafted? I mean, he could play. He played on some great teams. But give us a quick recap. What he did for you and your career? He did a lot. I mean, uh, so we started training together COVID when I was at, when I when we all got sent home and would 
because Stanford was so strict with their policies, especially in Santa Clara County. Yep. I mean, we got sent home um, from February to March. Or fe- sorry, February of 2020 to July-ish wow. of 2020. So we were home for like four or five months. And I started training with him in May, and I drove 56 miles one way, just one way to go train with him every single day, five days a week. In L.A.? In L.A. I'm from, I'm from the suburbs, so I would make that trip out every single day. And he did really two things for me. One, I think he, he gave me a lot of tools and tips and understanding how to win at the line of scrimmage, which I had no idea how to do, like really understand how to win at the line of scrimmage with my releases and route running and things like that. But I think the other thing he did was, and more importantly what he did, was he gave me confidence um, because he believed in me. And I think any time that someone who has done what you wanted to do or done, done what you're aspiring to do sure. and was one of the greats at during his time, like picks me out and says, hey, you can be X, Y, and Z. Like, I believe in you. You can be one of the best receivers in college football. And he would tell me that damn near every single day. And so you're a product of your environment and who you hang out with. And we spent so much time together. Like, I started to really believe that. And I'm not, and I'm not sure that I truly did before I got with him, that I actually could be one of the best. And I think just him instilling that confidence in me paired with the route running and the releases that he taught me, like, it was only a matter of time before the world would start or the football world would would recognize what he recognized. And it took a while because, I mean, so that was a 2020. I missed my whole junior year, so everything we worked on, I wasn't able to show. I missed my entire senior year. What, everything we worked on, I wasn't able to show. And then my fifth year, uh, I came back for a fifth year at Stanford, and every single weekend I would fly home during the offseason to go train with him every wow, single weekend. Wow, wow. Every single weekend I would fly home. It's a 45-minute flight, so I bought my flights ahead of time because I was living on the, on the college stipend. Uh, so I, bu- I would buy a flight every single weekend. Um, I would come home, leave Friday night, train with him Saturday, and fly back Sunday morning every single weekend during the off season. Man. And it wasn't until, like, a lot of times we hear in life that the work that you're putting into a business to whatever endeavor that you're in, like, you might not know when your time is coming for people to recognize and people to respect what you've been doing. And that's really what I wanted for a long time, is just to be recognized and, and respected for what I was doing, because I feel like I didn't have that. Michael, and, who tipped you off? I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. And so the Senior Bowl, that was sort of my, my time, my coming out party. So, Because you had injuries three years in a row. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You own only 14 games of tape, if I saw that correctly? Yeah. So season-ending season injury, junior, senior, and my fifth year. Wow. Who tipped you off to T.J. Hushmanzada? Who so, tipped you off? <laughs> so my high school receiver coach, Jerome Riley, played at um, Washington State. So him and T.J. are separated by a year or two. Okay. So when my high school receiver coach was entering the combine and going through the whole draft process, he was training with T.J. and Chad okay. Johnson. So that's how I got introduced it's amazing, to T.J. Man. Yeah. yeah, very yeah. cool. So mm-hmm. in June, Darren Urban got a hold of T.J. Hushmanzada, and he did a story on Michael Wilson. And he told the story that before the Senior Bowl, he told Michael, he said, listen, I'm going to get you into the Senior Bowl. And I'm going to guarantee them, Jim Nagy and the guys who run that, he'll be the best receiver there. I'm going to put my name on it. 
and I guarantee you, you will be drafted in the second or third round. That's what he said he told you. Yeah. And then on draft day, right, draft weekend, mm-hmm. here's the phone call from the war room. This is Monty Asafort and owner Michael Bidwell, the call to Michael Wilson after he was the third round selection. Hello? Uh, is this Michael? Yes, this is Michael. Hey, Michael, this is Monty Asafort, the uh, GM at the Arizona Cardinals. How you doing, bud? What's going on? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Where are you at right now? I'm just at home in uh, Simi Valley. I just got family and friends here. Family and friends, okay. Well, yes, sir. Michael, you're about to have some good news for him, buddy. Uh, uh, we're, all right. we're on the clock right now. We're about to make you an Arizona Cardinal. Ah, oh, man. That's exciting, man. I can't. Thank you so much. I... Hey, hey, we like everything you're about, okay? You're yes, big, sir. you're physical, you know how to run routes, you catch the ball, okay? This is an exciting night for you and your family, all right? Michael, congratulations. Thank you so much. I promise. I did. You just guys got the steal of the draft. Thank you so much for taking me. We think we got the steal of the draft, too. Do you get emotional just listening to that? Yeah, I do. I do, honestly. That's awesome, dude. I still get chills every time I I come across the video on my camera or just hearing it now. It, that was probably one of the best days. If That was probably the best day of my life. Wow. Um, and it was just a raw emotion day because I had the people that were closest to me all there, and everyone was just crying and stuff. So here's what's amazing. He had the two-touchdown game, right, mm-hmm. at the 49ers, and there was a, a scout, an NFL scout, who tweeted out. He wasn't surprised because at the Senior Bowl, there were two receivers who balled out, Michael Wilson and Puka Nakua. Mm-hmm. And think about what he's doing for the Rams right now. And funny thing is, so me and Puka did our combine training together with TJ. <laughs> so, so TJ was involved in that as well. Yeah. Wow. So me and Puka had our had the same strength and conditioning coach. Wow. That did all our 40 times and our explosive jumps and weight training. And then we would train with TJ for receiver work. But to you, that senior bowl, I mean, your football future was hanging in the balance, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for you, sure. You sort of treated that like a Super Bowl yeah. for you in your career. 100% because, and I, and I knew this, like, I think one of the things that I do a really good job of is I'm really self-aware. So I can, I don't have unrealistic confidence. And I know, like, if you were to give a sh- me a sheet, removing myself from the situation of the stats that the receivers had all there, like, I would have been the outlier. And some people said, when, when I would talk to other people that I was training with, they'd ask me, are you going to a senior bowl? i say, yeah, I'm going to the Reese's Senior Bowl. And they'd kind of look at me and be like, you're going to the Reese's Senior Bowl? I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm going to the Reese's <laughs> Senior Bowl. But a lot of people were surprised that I got that invite right. and probably didn't think I deserved to be there. And, that, and that's fair on their point because I didn't have the stats per se to back up that invite. But what I did have was a lot of people who were around me um, from people at Stanford, from TJ, from my agent, who knew that I possessed the capabilities. I just had a string of bad luck with injury and wasn't able to show what I was capable of. But I treated that moment like my I, – I was pretty much told I was going to be uh, sixth to seventh round to, unfree, to undrafted free agent coming out um, in December of 2022. And so, like, I and I didn't want to go that route because I know – being undrafted is hard in the NFL, and it, a lot of it lies in luck with other guys getting hurt and you finding the perfect system. And so I treated that thing like my life, my whole life depended on it, and it and it paid off. Here's the one thing I want to say to everybody that is listening right now. This guy right here, Michael Wilson, in my opinion, 
is just scratching the surface of where he's going to be. Because honestly, his humility, do you hear his humility when he speaks? His humility will allow him to look at himself and say, this is where I need to get better. When you say you're Mm self-aware, that's what I think of. I think of humility and what it does for a person to allow you to look at yourself in a critical kind of way and say, I need to get better at this. There are a lot of guys, and you're going to experience this, Michael. If you're 10, 12 years, 14 years, however long you play in this league, you're going to come across teammates who don't want you to look at where they need to get better. They just want to focus on where they're good. Mm -hmm. Look over here. Look over here. And because of that, your humility will really give you an advantage in getting better. Yes, sir. Never lose that, man. Yes, sir. That is key. Yes, sir. And I can tell you already have that, don't you? Yes, sir. I do. Yeah. No, that's well sure. said by both of you. That's really well done. And I heard you say, Michael, the fact that you came out of college at age 23 instead of 21, mm-hmm. actually, in hindsight, maybe might have been a bit of a benefit? I think so, yeah. So I was – I just kind of thought about that when I had an interview with someone. And – they said Larry Fitz came out at 20. Yeah. Um, and a lot of guys in, that I've known in the NFL have come out at 20. And I think, God, I, I, I wouldn't have been ready to mm. perform. Not only physically was I not ready at 20 or 21, but I, I think mentally, emotionally, I wasn't ready to, to really, really capitalize on the opportunity that I had because I think – there's a big difference, and I think we all can agree from 20 to 23 or 21 to 23, like, that's a huge difference. <laughs> like, you go through yep. a lot of stuff from 20 to 23 um, in terms of just being emotionally mature and having been through different things, how to handle stress, how to articulate myself, how to be punctual, how to operate at a high level with people that are way older than me. I would not have been ready for that. And it's not like I was just some, you know, some right. dude. Like, I was at Stanford, which is a pretty prestigious school. But I would not have been ready. And so I'm, I'm honestly, in hindsight, I'm thankful that I probably got hurt my junior, senior, and fifth year because I don't know that I'd have the same success and I'd be ready for the moment. Because in the NFL, it's quick. It's a production-based business. Like one or two bad games as a rookie, and that can kind of staple an opinion that the fans have of you or the building has on you. So you have to be ready to – capitalize on every moment especially as a young player when you don't have a huge sample size of games like if i played four games so that that's my resume right now so i can't afford to not operate at a high level and do all the little things that are going to give me the best chance to perform on sunday and by age 33 larry fitzgerald was tackling wolf repeatedly at training camp so you know there's there's that kind of thing that was going on you can never trust a guy from Pitt. Uh, just see, it's the West Virginia Pitt thing between the two of them. That's how that works, Michael. So uh, I tell you what, I want to get into a little bit this opponent. Uh, and I know how you've impressed the coaches learning multiple positions, right? Mm-hmm. But, Wolf, I know you want to ask him, too, just about the blocking. Because remember <laughs> in preseason we were talking to Jonathan Gannon? Yeah. And what was the first thing you mentioned? His fact, performance, he was not afraid. Right. And what he put on film in some of the preseason games. That's right. That was, uh, hey, single game tickets on sale now. Go to azcardinals.com slash buy tickets. Secure your seats today. Michael Wilson, the third-round rookie out of Stanford, is our guest. Two touchdown catches against the 49ers. Coming at you live from Trophy and Chandler. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. 
Snap to Murray. Short set. Looks left. Now takes off straight ahead. He's got the 35. Cuts right to the 30. Loose to the 25-20. And down to the 15-yard line. Back to pass goes Murray. From the pocket. Steps up to run. At the 25. Over the middle. 20-15-10. Calling out for blockers. Did you see the Jets in the pants from Kyler Murray? Wow. Murray takes. Handoff Johnson up the middle. No, it's a fake. Murray keeps it running left to the 5. And Murray dives for the touchdown. What an incredible fake by Kyler Murray. He not only got the Bengals, he got the broadcaster. Speed kills, baby. All right, so there you go. A Kyler Murray montage at Cincinnati 2019, otherwise known as Kyler's first NFL win. 26-23. Wolf, as you know, you called every single game, every single snap. He was the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Two more Pro Bowls after that. He is coming back currently from the torn ACL and meniscus. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. We are live from Trophy and Chandler with Michael Wilson, the third-round rookie receiver, coming off a two-touchdown game at the 49ers. Look, Josh Dobbs has knocked it out of the park. But how curious are you to see what it's like to play with Kyler Murray? I'm very, very curious. I mean, I was a big fan of him when I was a freshman in college and he was winning the Heisman Trophy, right? And I was looking at him like he was like a higher being because he was so good at football. And now that I'm in the same building, able to just be around him on a day-to-day, um, people, the receivers had told me, like, playing with Kyler is special because he's able to do things that not many NFL quarterbacks are just capable of doing in terms of arm strength, in terms of extending the play, in terms of just reading defenses and stuff like that. Um, and so I'm extremely excited to play because – you don't win a Heisman Trophy and get drafted number one overall and sign a big contract for nothing. Like, you have to be special in what you do to be able to do that. And so I'm really excited. What about his rehab right now? You just seen him actually, I'm sure, in the weight room, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe going out, pulling the sled mm-hmm. outside. How does he look right now? Does he look like he's getting better? He looks great, honestly. He looks like he'd be trying out for Iron Man or something. <laughs> that dude is freaking jacked right now. Um, he looks really, really good. Looks good. in great physical shape in terms of low body fat percentage. Like, he just looks the part right now, and he looks and has a great energy and feel, and you can tell he's really, really excited and anxious to get back with everyone. You know who doesn't look good? The Cincinnati Bengals. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. They are the lowest scoring team in the NFL. They have the 31st-ranked run defense. Um, yeah, there's – um. Some acrimony in the locker room after they got jack stomped by Derrick Henry in Tennessee. The veteran nose tackle. Well, that'll do it, Paul. Called out the second-half defense. Guys not willing to put their bodies on the line to make the tackle. Demoralizing when you cannot stop the other team from cramming it down your throat. That's right. You want to cram it vertical game. This might be it. Um, Here's Josh Dobbs on facing this Bengals defense or lack thereof. We got to do our job, and we're going against their defense, which is a strong, stout group um, that can be aggressive, try to get you behind the sticks. And so, you know, it comes down to execution. Uh, we got to go out, and they're going to throw a lot of looks at us on, on different downs, and we have to have answers and be able to execute and stay ahead of the sticks. Then again, this is a team that won a road playoff game each of the last two years at KC, at Buffalo. They've been to the AFC Championship game each of the last two years. So, uh, you want to make sure this isn't a get-right game for Cincinnati, right? 100%. And I think you mentioned it, and JG mentioned it in the meeting. Like, this is not a team to take lightly. 
because they are one of the more talent, even though their record might not indicate that they're a good football team right now, if you're just looking at us, obviously, on the sheet. Um, but they are one of the more talented teams in the NFL in terms of X's and O's, in terms of having an elite quarterback, elite wide receivers. Um, they've got a solid defensive line, a solid front seven, um, and they know how to win football games because they were playing in the Super Bowl two years ago. They were playing the AFC Championship less than a year ago. So they're a really good team, and they're not someone to take lightly. And on the flip side of it, they're probably looking at us and saying, hey, this is a get-right game for us, right? Like Joe Burrow you mentioned earlier, yep. he said this is a must-win for us. So um, we're preparing like we're getting their best shot um, because we are. We're going to get their best shot, and they're definitely not a team to take lightly. He's the highest-paid player in the game, and you don't want this to be the game where he finally figures it out and mm -hmm. the cap is intact. All right, Michael, I can't tell you, for speaking for everyone here, how much we enjoyed it. Michael Wilson, the third-round rookie here on this edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert, live from Trophy and Chandler. Cardinals and Bengals on Sunday. It'll be the alternate black uniforms as well, so that'll be a great look. Here we go. Special thanks to everyone, including Jim Omohundra, Cody Fincher, Lauren Coble. That is the Big Red Rage. You've been listening to the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Right on the price, right on the corner of the Santan 202 Freeway in Val Vista. The Rage is brought to you by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.